Let us consider how we can stir up one another to love. Let us help one another to do good works. And let us not to give up meeting together. Some of us are in habit of doing this. Instead, let us encourage one another with words of hope. Let us do this even more as you see Christ return approaching awesome job well done <clears throat> some big words in there that you did awesome with anderson good job man all right kids you are dismissed you guys can head on to children's church david that doesn't include you <laughs> have fun learn some good exciting stuff Talk your parents' ears off after children's church is over about all the awesome things that they learn. You guys, are you asking your kids questions about what they learn in children's church? Because they are learning a ton of good stuff. So, um, so we are continuing this, uh, this series that we, kind of, we started a couple weeks ago about this idea of ask me about Sunday. You know, this idea of being equipped to, uh, to be ready to answer the question of like, why do you go to church on Sunday? Why do you spend the time at a building uh, why do you get somewhat dressed up? Some of you get really dressed up and put me to shame. And uh, like, but why do you? Why do you do that? Why do you? Like, why do we even have Sunday best? Like, I remember specifically one time I was walking around a like a J.C. Penney's or something. I don't remember what specific store it was, but I was walking around this store and these uh, these kids were having this discussion with each other. These girls were having this discussion with each other about like if they should buy this skirt. And uh, and I I didn't look at what they were talking about, I was just eavesdropping. And, uh, and then all of a sudden they said this phrase that I think like rings kind of true to like why should we be equipped to answer. She simply said, oh, I think that skirt's church appropriate, which I don't really know what that means. Uh, again, I didn't look, uh, and I wasn't like, no, I ain't. Uh, like I didn't, you know, it was none of that. But it was just simply like she had the thought in her head to simply say like, I could wear this to church. And that means something. That, that says something in, in her culture, in her mind, in her vocabulary to simply say, like, church is something that's different. So church is different. But we, we are so sometimes ill-equipped to even answer, like, why? And so we're working through the Gospel of Mark, and, uh, and we're blazing on through. We're into chapter 2 uh, now. Um, so I'm being facetious. It's, we had some great stuff right off the bat. Mark chapter 1 is, is by far the the biggest that he offers right away. And so there was a lot of good stuff to, to kind of unpack and to explain. You know, we talked about the baptism of Jesus and then allowing you to be equipped to even talk about your own baptism and what that looks like or encourage you if you weren't baptized to, to maybe even look into that. But this one, the first story in Mark chapter 2, for me is one of the most like wow kind of stories that, that I enjoy from the Gospel of Mark. And it's the healing of the paralytic man. So maybe for you already, you're having knowledge of what that story is. But, you know, some things are hard to believe until you can, like, see them with your own eyes. You know, think about in your own life. Think about some things that you have come across, that you have done, um, that you've tried to explain to other people, like some crazy things that you've been able to do and that you've tried to explain to other people. And they're like, Dad, I don't get it. Like, I remember in college, I had this buddy who uh, owned, a, well, I, like, he worked as a XM radio 
broadcaster. So if you have XM radio or if you remember what XM radio, I guess it's Sirius XM now, but like he sat in his dorm room behind a computer being a DJ for XM radio. And it blew my mind. I was like, how in the world are you here doing this? And there's people all over the world listening to what you're doing. It blew my mind. And if I wouldn't have heard him say it and see him do it, I would not have believed him. For me, I, I remember if I wouldn't have seen it, I wouldn't have believed it. It was Christmas year. My dad, you know, this is like, it almost feels like I'm just ripping off the Christmas story. Um, not the Jesus one, but the one with the boy gets the BB gun. But that's what happened. Uh, I got a BB gun one year. It was against my mom's wishes, and, uh, and I was super excited. I would not have believed it if I wouldn't have had it happen. Uh, I went to New York City one year with, a, with us as a school, and it was such an amazing trip. There's so much to see, so much to do. And when you try and explain it to somebody, it's kind of one of those things that's just kind of lost on, like, in translation. You know, like, well, just come with me next time. You know, it's just, it's not the same if we don't, if we don't have it. So one time I was uh, talking to a friend and they were telling me about this funniest video that they had ever seen on YouTube. And, uh, and maybe this has happened to you where like somebody's like so like overwhelmed by like how funny a video was or like, and they're trying to explain it to you and they just can't deliver what they're trying. And they're just like, you know what? Let's just watch it. So I'm going to try and explain it, and then we're going to watch the video, okay? So imagine Mariah Carey's All I Want for Christmas, because it's November now, we're allowed to talk about Christmas, so you're welcome. Uh, if this is the first time this year you've heard about Christmas, then you, here you go. Uh, so it's Mariah Carey's song, All I Want for Christmas, played while there's a group of people that are dressed in gothic attire, okay, so if you know what gothic is, it's like all black, like bright pink and blue and red hair, and, and they're dancing, okay? Is anybody having a like, hard time envisioning what I'm talking about at all? Raise your hand if you're having a hard time at all envisioning what I, okay, all right, so turn these lights off and let's, let's watch this, uh, I have music as well with it. You want, you want to bump it to the picture there? Uh, a little still. There we go. Um, so yeah, if you would not have seen this video, you would have been like, I like definitely would have not have been to that level. So I'll just give you a little bit of understanding. They're not really dancing to Mariah Carey's. Like that would have been really, really strange if they like. Obviously, the song is like something else. Probably what they think is like really, really tough sounding. Um, but then they like apply Mariah Carey's "All I Want for Christmas" over the top, and it just like blew my mind when uh, when my buddy showed it to me and so, so there's some things that are just hard to believe without seeing them 
And Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12, kind of is one of those stories where you're just like, this is crazy. This is, this is so strange. Well, let's try. So we have an eyewitness account in Scripture, Mark chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. So let's read this crazy account. A few days later, when Jesus again entered Capernaum, the people heard that he had come home. They gathered in such large, crowd, or large numbers that there was no room left, not even outside the door. And he preached the word to them. Some men came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. Since they could not get him to Jesus because of the crowd, they made an opening in the roof above Jesus by digging through it and lowered the mat. No, lowered the mat the man was lying on. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some teachers of the law were sitting there thinking to themselves, Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Immediately Jesus knew in his spirit, spirit that this was, the, this was what they were thinking in their hearts. And he said to them, Why are you thinking these things? Which is easier to say to this paralyzed man? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up, take your mat, and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, and go home. He got up, took his mat, and walked out in full view of them all. This amazed everyone, and they praised God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. Man, this is one of those stories where if you were like in this crowd and, and you went home and you were telling people around the dinner table, like you want to believe this. Somebody got lowered from the heavens while we were all crowding around and Jesus told this man that your sins are forgiven and then everybody would have been like, what? No. And we're all like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense, yeah. Like Jesus does that, like Jesus forgives sins. But they would have been like, stop talking like, they would have thought they were in that moment blaspheming, even talking about this story. You can't forgive sins. Only God can forgive sins. And then he goes, and goes a little bit further in this dinner talk and says, but that wasn't it. That wasn't even all of it. Jesus then reads minds and says, I know what your heart is saying. I know what you're really feeling. And what's easier for me to say your sins are forgiven or for me just to say to get up and walk? And again, they probably would have been like, Oh, well, he said it again. He said, your sins are forgiven again? Like, this is crazy. And then, brother, that's not it. That's not all of it. The dude walked. Like, there wasn't even enough for Jesus just to, like, forgive sins, but then Jesus also makes the guy walk. Like, there would have been so much of, I just don't believe it kind of talk. But what brought these men to Jesus. I mean, we have, we have the story beginning where Jesus was at home, you know, kind of quote-unquote at home. He most likely was actually at the home of Simon Peter's house that was in Capernaum, but that was kind of like, if you were to call a place home for Jesus, that would have been, you know, where, where that would have been. Four men bring their friend to be healed by Jesus. Think about what faith that even took, you know, for these guys to get around and be like, hey, you remember, remember Johnny and yeah, yeah, I remember Johnny. You want to get together and you want to bring him over to Jesus? Why? Well, I don't know. 
I thought it might be fun. Like, no, they were like, no, he's going to be healed. Like, this is, he's going to be fixed. It's going to be better. So they are hearing all these clues. I mean, we went through Mark chapter 1, and we have all of these clues of what Jesus was doing. I mean, whether that be the, the skies opening up and God speaking onto, onto the situation, or that being, uh, you know, lepers being healed, or, you know, all these kind of different things that, that we can read in Mark chapter 1. They have all of these clues of who Jesus is. And then we, re- we read, you know, all the, the different miracles that he's done. We read about demon-possessed people being healed. We hear, hear about, you know, the man being able to see. We hear, hear about the leprosy being healed. But we'll never really know what actually brought them there because that doesn't, that's not the point. But for whatever reason, the man's friends decide to go out of their way and to bring him to Jesus to be healed. But they cannot get into the house. And we kind of sometimes, you know, if if you haven't studied a lot of like Middle Eastern homes, we think like, how in the world did they get on the roof? Like, it doesn't make sense. But if you kind of put into context, most likely what their homes would have been like, you know, they would have been square kind of rooms, like one, one room buildings that were very square. All the outside would have been, you know, some kind of like stucco or some kind of like you know, cement-like kind of structure. There would have been stairs actually built into the, uh, the side of it. And then they would have actually used the roof as a place for multitude of different things. The roofs were, were flat. You know, they were flat roofs. Uh, and they would have used them for, you know, drying clothes. They would have used them as a place for where they could actually, like, rest and, and have some peace and quiet from the house. Um, because of one room, you would drive you crazy. And so you have a roof uh, you have a man, a man, a she shed on the roof or something, you know, or, um, and so you go up on the roof to get away from all of it. And, and that was what it was. You know, you can see a lot more, you could see further, you can kind of put life into perspective up on top of this roof. The way that the ceiling would have been built, it would have been, uh, built with these giant kind of beams and they would have been three feet apart. And then they would have all kind of been filled in with twigs and then they would have been packed with clay, and then that would have been covered with dirt. And so this concept of them kind of like digging in is not as invasive as if, you know, I pop into one of your house and get on the roof, and I start digging in through the roof, and then I'm in your attic, and then I dig in through your attic, you know. Like, it, it's a lot more crazy of a thought now, you know, like pulling up shingles, uh, hoisting me up onto your roof, you know, like... 20 men or something or whatever, uh, and we all lower me into this building. Uh, it would have, it, for us in our context, it's, it's kind of seems unbelievable. But to understand maybe more of their context, it, it makes it a little bit more understanding. Still, it's crazy. I mean, the fact that rather than being like, you know what, we'll just wait for Jesus to leave the building or we'll catch him some other time. I mean, how long has this man been paralyzed? You know, it's not like, what's, what's tomorrow? in the grand scheme of things for this man. I like to wait one more day. But his friends had so much faith and so much desire and so much passion for what Christ could do for this man that tomorrow wasn't enough. Next week wasn't enough. The next time he comes through Capernaum wasn't, wasn't fine. They went up onto the roof and they dug in and they lowered him down. That's just mind-boggling. I mean, it's such an overwhelming thought 
to be able to, to hear this story and the, and the love and care that, that these men had for this, this paralyzed man. Jesus, in this story that we read, told the Jews around him that the sins of this man were forgiven. You know, we see it in verse 5. So if you want to pop back to that real quick, chapter 2. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralyzed man, Son, your sins are forgiven. And they knew that in theory that son, or sins, not sons, sins could be forgiven. They knew that. They understood that. I mean, that's why they had sacrifices. That's why they did burnt offerings. They understood that sin is something that can be forgiven. The dilemma that they run into is what we hear in verse 7. Why does this fellow talk like that? He's blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? If you've ever in your life wondered your own thoughts, man, is Jesus really God? If you've ever had a friend or a coworker really, you know, just kind of like dig in deep and just say, like, how can you believe that Jesus is God? Guys, this is, this is a, a verse that you can use. I mean, this is something you can put in your, your toolbox to be able to, to help people understand Jesus, the Pharisees rebuttaled, and Jesus proved. The Pharisees said, you can't do that unless you're God, and Jesus says, well, let me show you. <laughs> I mean, that, it doesn't get any easier. Like, there's so many parables that you're like, I don't get this. Like, this doesn't make sense. But Jesus just clearly just says, like, your, son, your sins are forgiven. They're like, you can't do that. Only God can. And he's like, cool. It happened. What's easier for me to tell you to walk? But they didn't believe that he could forgive sins. Maybe at the beginning of the sermon, you know, we, let's talk about this crazy video. So maybe you didn't believe that there was any way that the miraculous, wonderful song that is All I Want for Christmas by Mariah Carey could be, could be made any better. And, uh, and you're like, that's ridiculous, Jacob. There's no way that some gothic kids can dance underneath a bridge to this Mariah Carey song and it actually work. But once you saw it, whether or not you enjoyed it, you believed it. You believed it happened. It's a thing. It's on the internet. It must be real. Um, but the video is real. The video has over a million views. Some of them are by me, multiple times. It's the best way I like to bring in Christmas. It's watching gothic kids dance to Mariah Carey, all I want for Christmas. So. But the Jews didn't believe that Jesus could forgive sins. So Jesus just simply says in verse 8 and 9, immediately Jesus saw, or Jesus knew in his spirit that this was what they were thinking. In their hearts, he, he said to them, why are you thinking these things? I mean, is that, like, that little thing, does that freak anyone else out a little bit? Like, Jesus, no. Caution your, your thoughts. So which is easier to say to this man, to this paralyzed man? Your sins are forgiven? Or to say, get up, take your, uh, take your mat and walk. But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. And he got up and he walked. It wasn't just enough for Jesus to just simply say that his sins were forgiven. Jesus also showed how he had power and authority to make him walk. I mean, the man's sins were forgiven long before Jesus even said, get up and walk. 
I mean, the moment that Jesus said, your sins are forgiven, it happened. The man didn't need to walk to show that his sins were forgiven. You know, the troubles and the trials and the struggles that we go through in this life don't need to go away to show that our sins are forgiven. Sometimes we tie so much of that stuff together where we feel like when we are in a bad situation that we must be going through a bad thing with God. But the paralyzed man did not need to walk to prove that Jesus could forgive sins. Jesus proved that he could forgive sins because he is the son of God. And if that's not enough, then then that's kind of where it needs to start. And Jesus just shows these Pharisees, these men of the law, it is enough. But for your sake and for his sake, I'm going to let him walk. And he simply says, take up your mat and walk. And the man walks out of the building. Because now Jesus not only has these people that believe that he is who he says he is, but now he has a specific illustration of who he is. This man once didn't walk, and this man now does walk. I don't know if you're keeping up with uh, like some of the things that are going on in like the, the pop culture of our world, um, but something miraculous has happened. We are talking about it this morning, and I want you to know that uh, what we talked about this morning in my time of being in church has never happened, Okay? I was uh, at Ozark over the weekend, and what me and another youth, uh, future youth minister were talking about had, had never happened until what has happened, okay? If you go on Spotify and you look up Kanye West, you, you can find that Kanye West has a gospel album. Jesus is king. The man that once called himself king now is saying Jesus is king. And not just in that like cliche, like I'm going to sell more records to you like sleazy Christians that are just going to buy my stuff because now you can say like I listen to Kanye. No, this man is going on to interviews and he is making claims for Christ that there are some Christians that are too timid to even say. Kanye is in interviews talking about sin and repentance and forgiveness and how He himself is in a constant movement towards Christ. One of the best things that I heard Kanye say so far, uh, like, I just want you to know, it still bothers my mind that right now I'm talking about Kanye West up here. Uh, And in a good light, you know, not like, can you believe what he did? Um, But like, he said, he said something that I think a lot of Christian artists struggle with identity wise. Somebody asked him, uh, I can't remember, uh, one of the late night, shop, late night talk people asked him, so Kanye, are you now a Christian artist? And he kind of had that look on his face like, man, how do I answer this? Like, I want people to know who I worship and who I care deeply about, but at the same time, I don't want to offend people by saying I'm not a Christian artist. So he says this, I'm a Christian everything. And man, if that doesn't describe exactly what we need to be as followers of Christ, like, I don't know. This man once was filled with sin, received forgiveness from Christ, and is now has freedom in Christ. Mark chapter 2 shows that exact same story, where this man comes from this ceiling, comes in, and Jesus doesn't even see his physical problems as the issue. 
Jesus sees his spiritual problem as the issue. Jesus knew he was paralyzed, but he instead chose to say, your sins are forgiven. And like that, it happened. Like that, he had freedom from his sin. God has called us, like these four friends in our story today, to bring our friends, our neighbors, our family members to the Jesus healing that he provides. Not just the physical. That will happen. But always the spiritual. The spiritual will always happen. We will always be forgiven of our sins. Which forgiveness, or which we receive from forgiveness so let's read again this, or not Matthew, Hebrews chapter 10, the scripture that was read for us by Anderson. Hebrews chapter 10, verses 24 and 25. And let us not consider how we may spur on, let us, oh, sorry, let us consider how we may spur on one another on toward love and good deeds not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day approaching. Our relationship with others is so important in the kingdom of God. How we interact and how we show kindness and how we show love and how we show grace and mercy. It's so important. We can't go through this life without speaking boldly for who Christ is. We can't go through this life without seeking forgiveness for ourselves or pointing family members and friends to this forgiveness. The paralytic man was being brought to Jesus to be healed of his physical needs, but Jesus knew the root of his problems. And Jesus knew his anxiety. And Jesus knew about his lust. Jesus knew about his anger. Jesus knew about his gossiping. I mean, not that he specifically has these things, but he knows about all of that. He knows about your things. He knows about your family members' things. He knows about your friends' things. He already knows it all. In a very scary, overwhelming kind of way, he knows even your thoughts. And and yes, I get it. We're all constantly molding and shaping and growing more like Christ, and there's things that we can always be forgiven to. and, And as long as we are running openly back to Christ. There's forgiveness there. Jesus knew the hatred that he had formed towards people that looked down on him. And Jesus forgave him of those sins. We need this same forgiveness today and tomorrow. And the man, the man came for physical healing, and Jesus did provide that, but he provided so much so much more than that. So much more that would last for longer than just physically being able to walk again. Forgiveness is a full turn away from sin. Forgiveness isn't just kind of, you know, wiping off your countertop that has dust on it in your house and then it getting dirty again. Forgiveness is wiping that that counter off and Christ protecting it from everything. You know, forgiveness is us being wiped clean and washed clean. No, not so that way more can make us dirtier, but so that way we can stay pure and protected for him. And the Holy Spirit does that, empowers us to do that. So why do we need forgiveness? 
Because it's our sin that separates us from God. You know, God is holy. God is perfect. And when we sin, when we do the opposite of what God is calling us to do, when we do not follow the commandments of God, then we are separated from him. Forgiveness provides the power to liberate us from past sins, the guilt, the shame, the worry of those sins. Forgiveness enables us to have a relationship with God. Forgiveness is the power to deal with guilt, not by ignoring it, but by eliminating it. Forgiveness heals us of the deepest level of our being. It heals us to who we truly are. We all, every one of us, need forgiveness. When we come to Jesus, we receive forgiveness and we are called to forgive also. It's not just enough to receive forgiveness. We are called to also forgive. You know, this weekend, we, uh, like I said, we went to Ozark and they, they talked a lot about the Lord's Prayer. We talked about this as well when we went with the junior hires, the Lord's Prayer. And there's this line in the Lord's Prayer that says, you know, forgive us of our sins, trespasses, some say. Forgive us of our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And if we take one thing away from this sermon, is let us resolve to come to Jesus for forgiveness, for, for not to end there. For us to go and to forgive others. Matthew chapter 6, where we actually find the Lord's Prayer. You know, the way that it ends, like if you grew up memorizing the Lord's Prayer, you know, it ends with, you know, for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever, amen. Like that's probably, probably the way you memorized it. And that was kind of actually manipulated from, like, from Matthew 6, verses uh, 9 to, t- uh, to 13. But, uh, but it actually is kind of them also like taking what it all is about and making it kind of end more understandably. You know, does that make sense? Like the last bit is not actually found. The last bit, uh, 14 and 15 of Matthew chapter 6, is actually how the Lord's Prayer ends. And he says this, For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your father will not forgive your sins. It doesn't wrap up as nice as for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. But man, it hits hard. How are you forgiving people? I mean, we have been forgiven greatly. Are you, are you forgiving others? You know, when we are... When we're prodded and asked these questions of like, why do you go to church? Are you telling them it's because we find forgiveness there? And I'll tell you, if you talk about forgiveness, man, that will draw up a whole load of questions that you get to have a conversation about. Being forgiven and being forgotten of of past things is not a thing that we really understand. You wouldn't really believe it unless you saw it. Let's pray. Father God, I thank you. I thank you for the forgiveness that we receive daily, hourly, every minute that we receive from you.